Hello and welcome to Mental Money. Mental Money is a podcast that believes that money is less about the physical or what's in your wallet and more about the mental. What's your mindset when it comes to your money? How do you interact with your money? What's your heart behind how you use money? All of those elements, because ultimately at the end of the day, you can make a really, really good income and be broke and unfulfilled in your finances. So what can you expect from Mental Money? Well, the first thing you can expect is we're going to bring on a new guest every single episode that airs. And that means you get a new perspective, a new way of looking at maybe an older concept you never thought of to help us all win in our finances. And that's ultimately the goal with the Mental Money podcast. It's just to help us look at money differently, help us navigate all of our finances better and just learn from each other. So if this interests you, keep listening because the next episode starts now. My name is Linda Carmichael and I am a mindset mentor, which covers many things, including money. And I live in Northern Ireland, as you may be able to tell from my accent, sometimes it's mistaken as Scottish, but I'm definitely from the north of Ireland. And I live here with my husband, my three little dogs, and I'm in sure pony. And each and every week, I am teaching my private clients how to achieve any goal through the law of attraction. And I use a method called thinking into results. And it was created by a man called Bob Proctor, who some of you may have known if you read the book, The Secret or watched the movie. And everything that I teach my clients is based on a science that is basically been covered over 60 years of science and research and looking at the most successful people around the world. So that is what I'm doing on a week by week basis. That's your full time? You're you're in it full time? Awesome. Yes, I am. I've got a couple of side hustles, investments, but that's my passion. This is what I do. This is my main thing. Well, I can't. Any money mindset coach that I've ever talked to has side hustles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I know we go against the grain if they didn't. <laughs> exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, I hear this all the time. You hear this all the time. But but there's people who watch YouTube, watch, read the books do everything possible. They gather all the information and they just find that it just nothing, nothing sticks. So why do you think that is? The reason why that is, Randy, is because and it's partly to do with our education system where we are rewarded for gathering information. However, we're not taught how to apply the information. So it's going into our mind, but it's not showing up in our actions and therefore it doesn't show up in our results in life because a lot to do with success is not just about what you think and what you know it's about what you do and in my program we call this the power of praxis where you you align your thinking with your belief system and your behavior so a lot of people they'll watch this information maybe once but you know they might feel good about it they might feel a little bit inspired it might open their mind to new thoughts but essentially it doesn't change anything because you know, you watch a movie or you watch a YouTube video or you read a book. We go off of what I call these little thought journeys and your eyes are still scanning the book. 
And then you're like, oh, that's a good idea. And you go off on a little journey, you think about something else, and then you go, oh, back to the book. So you miss a lot of information. But it really is getting to the root cause, which is our mental programming. And this is what you cannot really do by watching a YouTube video. Gathering information just creates a gap. Like a know, we call it the knowing doing gap, where you seem to know more, but you're you're doing less, and this gap gets wider and wider. And that's if you ever feel like stuck or frustrated in life, it's because I know I'm a smart person and I have all this knowledge, but my results really suck, and that's because we're not applying what we know. And there's a lot of different reasons because of that. And what do you think the main one is? A lot of it is to do with our conditioning and our belief system, what we believe. We're, a lot of us are very logical thinkers. And to create something amazing, sometimes we have to really think outside the box, you know, where we have to think illogical, but we're learning things from our parents. Like, oh, I'm doing this because that's what my parents said to do, and this is what school said to do. Whereas, you know, the world's always changing and we need to adapt with it. But there could be conditioning like there's fears, there could be like a deep-rooted belief system that they're not good enough or that it's for somebody else, it's not for them. You know, they're not smart enough or they believe that they need the money first and they actually don't need the money first. The money comes after. Uh, so they're like, oh, when I get the money, I'll do this. You're not really gonna get the money if that's the way your thought is processing. You've gotta make the decision first. Decide what you want and then move forward. Before you know where the money's come from, before you know where you're going to get the help or the resources or even the time, if you don't make that decision, you're going to go for something. It doesn't matter about the rest of the things. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. They don't know how to make a decision. They're asking everybody else for their opinion. Like, Randy, what do you think I should do? Mom, dad, what do you think I should do? What do you think you should do? And relying on yourself. That takes a little bit of courage. Do you think that people use the, well, I don't have the money yet as like uh, an excuse over just a wrong thought process? I think sometimes, yes, they could use it as an excuse. But sometimes that's what they genuinely believe. Because I don't have the money yet, I can't start something. But decisions are free. There's a lot of things we can do for free that help our decisions and we don't need money for. You know, if you go to the hairdressers, I don't need to have the money to pick up the phone and make the booking. I don't even need the money when I'm walking through the door. Even when I'm sitting down and getting my hair done, I don't need the money, but I'm going to need the money when I go to the till. So people say, oh, I'm going to wait till I get money before I book my hair. Book the hair, put yourself in that place of urgency and watch your body move to get the money for the thing you desire. So part of it is, yes, they use an excuse. They want to stay safe. And you'll you'll have this little voice, oh, you can't afford it. There's too much money. That's the day where we are. And I call this, this is a mental program, which I teach about called the paradigms. And they have com nearly complete control of all our thoughts, our actions and behaviors. That paradigm is telling you, people have money paradigms, time paradigms, thinking paradigms. It can, has a whole range. They're not all negative. Some people are very positive ones. And you can see because the results are amazing. But you have people who have a really negative paradigm around money. You're going to hear that little voice. You're going to feel like tightening the purse strings. You're going to make sure that money comes first in your decision making, not after your decision making. So you talked about urgency. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Like how, how do we create that, that urgency? 
it really depends on the type of human being you are, like, you know, your behavior. But for me, I love to put myself on the hook. Nothing gets me moving forward once I've decided something. Um, even this house I, we purchased, we didn't have the money for this house when we decided we were going to get it. So once we made a decision, we made the commitment, it was like, right, what do we need to do to make this happen? And we got to work. And it's amazing how everything falls into place when you let go of control of every little thing. And for a lot of people, that letting go of control of that money, like where's the money going to come from? doesn't matter. Because if you keep moving forward and do, working in alignment, it always shows up. So for me, putting yourself on the hook, creating that sense of urgency does move you into action because you can think of all the abundant thoughts in the world. But if you don't actually move into action, there's a universal law called the law of cause and effect. Every cause has an effect. So if you aren't moving, there's no reaction to that. So what happens, you know, if you make a good uh, positive action, then there's going to be a positive reaction. And it happens in our thoughts. It happens in the way that we think. It happens in our actions. So that's why I say, like, if you create a sense of urgency, there's lots of people who say, for example, will book a holiday and they maybe just put down the deposit. They haven't paid the full thing. And like, I know for me, especially as a, like a, an older teenager, when you were going on holidays with your friends, for us, because we we're in Europe, it was so easy to go to the sunny places. Uh, but like we did, like we were teenagers. <laughs> we didn't always have the money, but we always had money for the deposit. And I remember many a time where, you know, it'd be six weeks before we're supposed to go and you have to pay the, you know, the balance. And I would be like, ooh, I don't even have money for my spending money. But you always find the money when you know you look back in your life when your listeners will look back in their lives there's something they really wanted and i mean really wanted somehow they found the money and they're not even even to tell you like how it came about it's like just the money disappeared so that's what i mean when you like create a sense of urgency now with that you've got to play it within your own belief system so for example if you commit yourself to a million dollar um, project whatever it is, it's going to cost a million dollars but you've never even been there anywhere close and you have beliefs like this is so far this is never going to happen probably not and you're going to get yourself in trouble but if you think no I could do that and it's a couple of hundred thousand dollars like I know I that's something I believe I can do that's where you, you stretch a little bit and you go for it but I would definitely say if you think like oh I'm going to be a billionaire tomorrow you're like nobody's not going to believe that so you're not going to move your your partner's going to go Linda yeah right like stop talking rubbish and you're just gonna go yeah you're right and you're just gonna sit back down in your chair so create a sense of urgency stretch yourself don't snap yourself and you will know you will you will be able to you know when you're you're being like yeah i don't think i can do that or like oh no no i think i could do that and you go for it so what what do you generally suggest for people as like a okay so they've they've never they've never really stretched themselves well what what do you find is a good first step for them to do that i think the with regards to money um obviously i talk a lot about mindset with regards to money it's understanding like reframing yourself like what money actually is a lot of people just think you know they they just see the the, the paper and and the coins but money actually is just a, an exchange of energy that's all it really is you know and you can 
explain that in such a way that, you know, it comes in the physical form, it comes in paper and metal coins. You can burn that paper into oblivion and you can smack, melt those coins down. And it's completely worthless. But most of us have our money in electronically in our bank accounts and but that money can build skyscrapers and send rockets to the moon. Like it's such it's so powerful. So when you kind of break it down, it's like, okay, it's just energy. You it helps you kind of break down the power that it has with you. And there's a line that I always say with regards to money. Um, money always goes where it's welcome. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna go where it's welcome. And you'll see by your habits, it goes where it's invited. So if you're not inviting it in, if you're like, oh, I'm poor, you know, money's hard to get, it's not gonna, it's not gonna come your way because your body's not gonna move into the action of wealth or sorry, inviting in money. But then there's a thing where I'm sure you know people where they get their hands on a lot of money, but they never seem to keep it. It's like, where's my money go at the end of the month? It's like, I'm always broke at the end of the month. It doesn't matter how much money they earn in the month, they're skint at the end. And they're literally at a loss. Like, where did all my money go? Because they yeah. haven't made it feel welcome. And they, they're saying things like, as soon as I earn money, it disappears. Wow. It's nearly like magic. It happens. So how you treat money, in this physical part, like, even just logically, before you think of like the law of attraction, how you treat money how you spend money, you spend it with intention, will really show up how much money you have and how much money comes to you. So it's just about making really, really good habits. You know, I would never have a goal that is focused on eradicating debt. Now, it's not that I'm promoting debt, but I, that wouldn't be my goal to get out of debt. I would literally just set up a, a, a repayment scheme and then look about how can I earn more money? Because a lot of people, when they get into debt, they start cutting back and cutting back and cutting back, trying to get rid of the debt. And there's only so much you can cut back. Whereas if you go, oh, I'm going to earn more money and just pay what you can with your debt, it puts you in a completely different vibration where you can attract more money because you're doing more positive kind of money actions because you feel better because you're not thinking about debt all the time because it's heavy. It's not exciting where you're like thinking about making more money. Totally different. So that's would be my first tip is change how you feel and think about money because it's got such a negative hold in a lot of people around the world. Yeah, for, for sure it does. I mean, like, like you said, you know, people can make a lot of, a lot of money and it's gone tomorrow and they don't understand where it went. Right. And it's, it's the intentionality where you put that money and it's the intentionality where, if you, if you believe you're always going to be broke, you're always going to be broke, right? Like simple as mm -hmm. that. It doesn't matter if you make $100,000 a year or you make $30,000 a year. If you always believe that you're going to be broke, you're always going to be broke. Mm -hmm. It's it's how you spend it. It's how you, it's how you intentionally go forward. It, it's your belief system around it. What What's the benefit of getting a mindset coach? The benefit of getting a mental coach is because when I talked about those paradigms, when I talked about that belief system, that thought system, that the behaviors that you have. So when we go back to the question about watching YouTube videos, like maybe you, you get a self-led course and you're like, oh, I'm just going to read this book and I'm going to do everything 
that book says, but the reality is you're still operating from your old paradigm, your old thoughts, your old beliefs, and your old actions. It's really hard to do this. I would say for about 3% of the population, it's not impossible. For most people, it's going to be really hard because they're still taking, they're still thinking from that book, from their old way of thinking, their old paradigm. They're still, you know, deciding, their paradigm's deciding what they choose to believe from that book. They might go, yeah, I like that, but I don't like that. Okay. And it's the same then if you're not believing everything, you're not going to take action for everything. And that's when a mentor comes in because I can tell, any good mentor can tell who, you know, what their, their client believes because you can tell by the way that they speak. So I know if I'm having a conversation with somebody without money, I already know how their money paradigm is operated by the words that they say. And they think they're just talking logically. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm reading in between the lines here. So it's really easy to, to see what they're, what they're thinking is. And because then I can understand that, I can ask them better questions, which then helps them go, oh, I never really questioned that before. I never thought about it that way. A lot of the work I do is reframing what they're thinking. But unless you're having a conversation with somebody, who's checking up on you? And then there's accountability. You know, if nobody knows you're doing this, what's, what does it matter if you miss one day? What does it matter if you fall off the wagon for a week or two? It's only me. But when you really own up to what you want to do and you're sharing it with somebody else, you're more likely to stay committed to it because nobody wants to embarrass themselves like or say things but oh, I'm going to do this and not do it because everybody likes to hold integrity with themselves and with other people. So that's the main reason why having a mentor, you know, this change, this mindset change around money, you know, you, I, I would say this, once you discover an amazing mentor and you've got this amazing material that you're learning, life doesn't just turn wonderful. There's still the same obstacles like everybody else, except you have got the tools to get over it quicker. You're not spending a day in a rage because somebody said something or something bad happened at work. You're like, I understand what happened. I'm moving on. It takes courage. It takes persistence. It takes will. It takes working at these things. I will say this is not a, a get rich quick scheme, but it will change how you think, feel, and act quickly. And then that's going to help you if riches are your desire. It's not everybody. That's going to help you get there quicker. Basically, those are the main points. It's getting you there quicker, but also having somebody there who knows what they're talking about to call you out because that pattern is so powerful. Like if you think about if you were on a diet and you know, like you should not eat that piece of cake that's sitting on the table. And without even like any conscious thought, you're like parlously your hands moving towards the cake. And the next thing you know, you're like taking a bite. Out of it. Like, I'll just take one bite. And like, we're sitting here, you and I are able-bodied people. I have full control of my arms and my mouth. But if I'm on a diet and I have an old part, I'm saying, yeah, it's hard to lose weight, just have the cake. I am just, I cannot hold it back. It's It's gone. It takes real <laughs> mental power. So it does. And that's just a funny analogy, but I think most yeah. people can see it. They're going, yeah. That's, that's accurate. That's the same with like with with spending, right? If you go on like a a no spending month, of course the temptation is going to be larger, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you just have to be prepared for it. And and I liked what you said about accountability because I think people miss that piece so often. 
Like they think, oh, well, no, I'm pretty self-disciplined. I could do this. And you could, right? Mm -hmm. But without the accountability, it's easier to cheat the system or cheat like yourself out of something when you don't have that accountability in place. Mm -hmm. So it's so true you can lie to yourself but you don't like lying to other people and that's the thing like our paradigms are telling us lies all of the time we've heard the lies so much we start to believe it right and then that's and that's where we operate from but when when you start somewhere you start a savings plan or like when you're talking about a no spend month i was like what? <laughs> like what <laughs> i was like like do you pay your bills like where's that and that's where my mind was working straight away I was like do you pay your bills or it's just like you don't pay anything outside your normal I just think it's a very interesting topic it definitely would challenge a lot of people but when you are doing something different I talked about earlier about the law of cause and effect like when you start you start changing your actions the reaction is different from what you're used to so you're like whoa why is that happening but that would always have been happening but because you were feeding your desire and you were just pacifying that paradigm, you didn't notice it before. So when, and you, so when you do start to change, you're like, oh my goodness, all these things are happening. And I get this so much from my clients. They come to me and they're like, I need, a ch- I need a radical change. I am ready for this. And I'm like, great, let's go. And then maybe a few weeks and things are going great. And then they're getting a couple of months in and they're really making progress. And then things start to get a little like, oh, the world's getting a wee bit. I goes, what, is it starting to shake up? And they're like, yeah, what's this all about? And I'm like, well, didn't you tell me you wanted to shake up your life? Yeah, well then, when you've shaken up your life and your core and your beliefs and your thoughts and your actions, why would the world stand still? And they're like, oh. I goes, but you're, you're okay because you can move through it. But <laughs> a lot of people, they read the book on their own, they watch the YouTube on their own, and they go, I'm going to do this. And they start to take action and they didn't like the reaction. Like, oh, this is all weird because they're not expecting it. And then they go, ooh. And they retaliate and they run back to their safety. And you see these people in endless cycles of diets, of savings plans, of I'm going to change, or relationships, like all of the things. It's all exactly the same because they try to do something different. The world reacts in a way that they're not really used to. They go, oh, I'm not sure that I like this. And rather than stepping through the fear and the unknown, because at the other side of fear, every single time, your scariest moment in life, you step through it, the walls of fear will fall down immediately. Now, you might still feel a little bit afraid, but you will never feel it the same way ever again. So that's what most people come up against. They come up against this, you know, the world being different, this terror barrier, and they don't know how to mentally get through it. Now, you'll feel it in your body. Like, you know, I've been through terror, I call them terror barriers, where I have felt physically sick. I wanted to run away. <laughs> but I, I, like, you can feel it in your body, you're shaking. But I know what's on the other side. And now I welcome them. I'm like, I'm afraid this must be good because when you step through fear, you always grow. So when you do something for the first time, it could be even like investing in a mentor. I get it with my clients. I will say to them, I want you to be like 50% excited for your new life, 50% ready to throw up and be, and be so scared. And they look at me like, why would you want me to be scared? And well, the excitement is about your desire and you're looking forward to it. But the fear tells me, you really want this badly or you wouldn't be afraid of it you're afraid of not succeeding that's the perfect it's kind of the perfect balance of when you get into this material yeah i'll occasionally listen to a mental health podcast by dr john deloney and he talks about how your brain is a defense mechanism 
So every time you fear something, you should be asking yourself, what is your brain trying to protect yourself from? And that will eventually actually help you push through the fear easier when you ask that question. Yeah, you, all, all of your fear is held in your subconscious mind and your subconscious right. mind is the part of your mind that wants you to play safe. But the thing is, safe for your your subconscious mind, it doesn't know good or bad, right from wrong. It's not positive. Right. It's just there, okay? It just is. Yeah. So if you're in a, like, say, for example, you're in a really, like, unsavory relationship with somebody and you know you should leave but you physically can't because absolutely every action we take comes from our subconscious mind. It doesn't come from logically. Um, I've got a little stick person. I don't know if <laughs> you can see it, but your audience might not be able to see it if they're listening on a podcast. But our actions come, our thoughts come into our conscious mind and then they slip into our subconscious mind, the ones we decide to hold on to. So if you've decided at some point, if you're afraid, you've decided at one point to hold on to an idea. I could be the simplest, smallest idea. And you've held into it, into your subconscious mind on a repetitive basis. Or maybe it's something really scary, it's made a big impact and you've immediately held on to it. But when it comes to our actions, it doesn't come from our, our senses. It comes from our subconscious. So even though you're like, I know I should leave. This person is being nasty to me. I need to leave. But your subconscious mind has already decided, but it's safe here because we know this very well. We know right. what to expect. And that's what a lot of people are going through. And it's just this logical over emotional, like it's maybe like, a, I won't say like mind over matter, but this is this constant men, mental war that they're going through, this, this tug of war. And that's what it is. It's because logically they know this is not right. If you're speaking to your best friend, you tell them, get out of that relationship ASAP. But because it's what you know, your subconscious mind is like, but this is safe because I know this. Because the unknown is scary. Right. Even if unknown is a wonderful, loving relationship. Yeah. Even if the unknown is better than where you are, which often it is, mm -hmm. your it it's your comfort zone, mm -hmm. right? Like your 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 comfort zone. Sure, there's a little bit of comfort in your comfort zone, but it's it's more or less just what you know and what you've gotten accustomed to, instead of what's probably best for you mm -hmm. when you when you get in those situations and even like a positive situation maybe you know you this is really just to help your listeners understand what their truth is and what is the lie what the, the paradigm is telling them how they're being controlled so say for example you you get an idea and you want to do something you're like yeah i want to do this and then you hear this voice but you don't have time you're not smart enough you don't have money who do you think you are people are going to judge you the thought, the first like, oh, I would like to do that. That's your truth. That's genuinely your soul going, I would love to express myself through whatever it is that you're you're thinking about doing. But the lie is that second voice. And I mean, it comes in like a millisecond straight after. Yeah. But it's never positive. It's always negative. That is the lie. And it's really then you decided, okay, I'm going to go with this. My first thought even though I'm hearing the whole chorus of negative thoughts coming in, they literally come in so fast. If you're not used to training your mind, and that's a lot of what I do is training my mind to be calm, be quiet, so that that negative thought doesn't hold up space. Eventually, if you do work on it long enough, there's a lot of stuff you just, it doesn't have an effect anymore. 
thankfully. But that's how you know your truth. If you're like, oh, I want to do that. Or you want to say yes to a friend for lunch. And you're like, oh, no, but I don't have time. Or you want to say yes to a trip. Or you want to say yes to an investment. And you're like, oh, whatever it is. It's your truth. Now, what I say is if there's like an investment you want to have, because we're talking about money here. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to what you're looking for. Like, like say, oh, I would like to, I would like to do that. By all means, have a look at it. Listen to whoever's talking to you. It doesn't mean you just go, I'm going to do it anyway, because that was my truth. You're still allowed to have a little bit of research and look into it. Yeah. When you're doing other things you know are better for you and you hear this negative voice come in and straight away, it's the second one. It's never the first. That's when you have to like, and you have to consciously do it because we are so habitually, like we're running on autopilot all the time. The thoughts are running in and out. We have no control unless we're stopping and meditating and really giving it conscious effort. Like it takes effort to think, but that's, Really, one of the biggest steps, you know, and like, this is practice because you're not only going to trust yourself. Was that the first line? Was that the first thing I said? Or was it the second thing I said? But the more t- more times you do it and really, you know, put intention with it, you're going to start hearing more of your truth and what you really want. Because that's probably a big thing with, with money. People are chasing things that they actually don't really want. Right. All the time. All the time. All the you time. Know, you're like, I want to be but if you had a couple hundred grand in the bank and you were happy, you actually rather because you think you want to be a millionaire and actually that's not what you want to be, you miss out on having that couple of hundred grand in your bank account because you're like, I'm not going to shoot for that. So then you just stay where you're at. So we miss out on so much because we often think we want more than what we do. Yeah. So it's all about not letting your fears dictate the decisions you make with your money. No, your decision comes first and then the money. And there's a great few questions you can ask yourself when it comes to, you know, how much money do you really want in life? And, you know, it's like, ask yourself, like, how would you want to spend your days? And I, I would do this exercise with my clients and I'm like, okay, you know, like how much you want to earn a month? And they give me a figure and I'm like, Ooh. like, I always remember this one particular client and I'm, and I would say to them, but I know how you like to live and I think you're a little bit short, but they're like, no, that's, that's enough. So I made them write the list. Like, how much do you want to save? How much do you want to set aside for your kids? How much do you want to spend on entertainment? How much do you want to pay for a mortgage? How much do you want to pay for holidays? You know, on a monthly basis, like all of the other things. Like, There's some things like maybe they're into golf. Like I'm not into golf, so I'm not going to be worried about my golf membership. Everybody's got different things they want. And her monthly budget doubled when she did that exercise. So it's about asking yourself questions. You know, if you could, if you didn't get paid tomorrow, how long could you survive comfortably? Mm. That's a really big, and that's not even just a, a desire. That's just like, you know, the pandemic showed it's like, how long could you desire if, how long could you survive for if you weren't getting paid again and you didn't know when you were going to get paid? Could you last one month, three months, six months, a year? How, how, how long do you want to ensure that you can be looked after if you go on holidays are you going to where you want to go are you going to the exact hotel you want to go you know are you flying or traveling in, in the class that you want to travel in? because I always have this joke I am like when it comes to travel I'm like I'm, I'm not there to suffer <laughs> I love going as nice as I possibly can my husband when it comes to flying and transport he doesn't really care He's like, you still get there, but he he likes a nice hotel. So we've got different values. 
you know. Mm. But if you're going on holiday and you're looking at a video in the jet skiing or whatever, all the trips, and you're like, I would like to do that, and you're not doing the things you want to do, that's how you know you need to earn more money. So if you're getting up every day and there's things that you want to do, and you, and you're not able to travel the way you want to travel, or you're not be able to eat at the restaurants that you want to eat at, or maybe you know you're not able to. If you're always wondering, like, oh, my kids are going to college or university, you know, all of those things. It's an entrepreneur that I follow called Debbie Neal, and her goal was to ensure that all of her children went to college without any debt. She that was her goal, and she worked really hard towards it so that they she could pay for the college, but she also could pay for their accommodation and their expenses while they were there, and that was her big goal. So it's really asking yourself, like, what do you want? And I think for parents, they, they they look towards their children like, what do I want to be able to provide for my children? And the thing is, when it comes to mindset, especially when it comes to money mindset, whatever you don't fix in yourself, your children will inherit. Oh, 100%. So we've seen this for generations of people who rely on the government to look after them because nobody's ever broken that poverty paradigm when it comes to money and you, you can see it comes through the grandparents the parents the children they all pick up the same habits so your listeners can decide today oh i want to quit that generational poverty line that's it and they can do that they just need to make a decision they, they don't need to know how they're going to do it where the money's going to come from but they can decide but it's really important to know that if they don't fix it in themselves that's what their children hurt and that's a scary thing to to really understand on a deep level yeah, for sure. Is there a book or a podcast or a speaker that you would recommend people um, pick up and just dive into on this topic? Well, I do. As I mentioned earlier, my mentor, Bob Proctor, he is, as well as being an amazing person and a great speaker, he's also um, a New York seller, um, number one New York seller, bestseller. And he wrote a book called You Were Born Rich. And I think for anybody who really wants to, you know, especially if they, doesn't matter if they're struggling with money, you know, there's a lot of people who have money, but they want to earn money and they find that they've got this financial ceiling. If you really want to understand more and open your mind more to what it is to understand mindset around money and the law of attraction, this is a book that kind of eases you in. It's not too woo-woo and it's not too scientific. And this is something that Bob was amazing at. But this book is called You Were Born Rich. And as a gift to all your listeners, I can send them a free copy of this book, uh, an e- like a PDF version, so like an electronic version. And all they have to do is contact me through my socials and use the word podcast, and I will know exactly what they're looking for, if that's okay with you, Randy. Yeah, awesome. That sounds amazing. So what would you say is your biggest financial mistake and what did you learn from it? Biggest financial mistake? Um, uh, I think more so when I was younger was living beyond my means. You know, when you're younger and you want all the things, keep it yep. up with the Joneses. You know, I've made other like small like mistakes, like $500 things, you know, where maybe invest in advertising and things like that but I don't really you know that's just you learn from it and you move on but I think definitely that staying within your means as a young person was probably the the hardest lesson to learn not that I really got myself into any difficulty but it was really uncomfortable 
you know, and I know there's people who have scary amounts of things going on. Mine wasn't bad in relation to that, but it made me feel very uncomfortable and it wasn't a place I like to be, I like to be in. So it is about, I would say, stay within your means. And that doesn't mean that you've got a poor mindset around money. It just means you're 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 treating money better when you stay within your means. Um, mm. so I would say it's probably, and I would, I'm sure lots of people can relate to that. What's your next big financial goal? My next, well, <laughs> my goal is always big. My next big financial goal is um a hundred k in one month. I'm that's... gonna see how that lands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that I, that sounds like a big goal. So yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's not for everybody. There's people who want to do a million in a month. But I think once anybody breaks the, the 10, the, you know, that the six figure, or that's right, yeah. the five figure month, or like the six figure. And one of the first goals I actually set was, and I heard this concept, and I'm going to share with your, your listeners because I really want to open their mind to the possibility of what they can earn. Bob Proctor talked about turning his annual income into a monthly when i first heard that i was like what hmm. that's insane so basically rather than working for 10 12 years i could do it in a, i could do it in one month you know i could do the same I was like, this is incredible and that really sparked something deep within me and i and all the goals i go for you you, you can't be too emotionally attached to it like it's a game for me okay you just like i'm just gonna go for it it's just for fun and that helps you kind of step around your paradigm like it's not a big deal like leave me alone sure, sure. <laughs> let me do this <laughs> and when i did that i was like i turned my old annual into a monthly and i was like let's have fun and see if i can so then so the joke was that you turned your annual into a monthly your monthly into a weekly and your weekly into a daily and right. i've done all of those things so i've turned an old annual into a monthly an old monthly into a weekly and an old weekly into a daily and i've even done a push to beyond that so then that's what i keep working towards because it's just see the person you have to become in order to do that it's so fascinating so people always say it's not about money it's about the person you and that that is so true because see when you get it you don't really care about that much it's just i want to say what's going to happen what needs to unfold in order for me to reach that goal so Hmm. i'm here for all the terror barriers i'm here for all the discomfort I'm here for all the challenges, so I'm going to see where it takes me. I might be a battered, bruised woman by the time I get there. I'm there. <laughs> awesome. Well, this conversation has been a lot of fun, so thank you so much for coming on and having it with me. Thank you so much, Randy. Well, thank you, Linda, for coming on and having that conversation with me. I know I'm better for it and my mental money audience is as well. One thing I took away from this conversation was just simply the idea that we need to create some urgency in our finances in order to take action and move forward. And as Linda talked about, that means having a plan in place before the money even exists. Because sometimes what we need is to create that urgency and be able to get creative and have to get creative and have to figure out a way to make that money appear so that we can do the thing that we really want to do. 
And oftentimes we miss out on opportunities because we slough it off, but just simply saying, well, I don't have the money for that. No, you need a plan in place. And if it's the right plan, you will make the money appear. So if you've enjoyed this episode of Mental Money, please go follow Linda on all of her socials. They're all in the show notes for you. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Mental Money, I really do encourage you to leave a rating and a review. It helps us improve future episodes and it helps us boost our ratings. So thank you for doing that. And as always, Linda and the rest of my Mental Money audience, keep going, keep winning. I'm cheering for you.